0: Welcome to a special IB Sports slash IB Entertainment podcast where we will discuss the Loki season finale and the season as a whole. I am your host, Keith Fleming. I am honored to be doing this podcast with the El Presidente, the CEO, the the king of IB Sports, R.C. Carlton. R.C., what's going on? Can I be the
1: king? Can I, I can- be Kang? <laughs> <laughs> Call me Kang. Oh, hey, man. It's great. I'm so happy that we got a good show here. Uh, I, I've yet to see someone on the interweb say they were
0: disappointed with Loki yet. Which we know that is, is literally song. impossible. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And
1: I'm kind of riding a high because I saw Black Widow over the weekend. Then I saw the end of Loki. So this is like since Friday. Not a lot of good Marvel content like Black Widow wasn't like the greatest movie we've ever seen but I enjoyed it a lot oh, especially I in the theater when I thought about it a little bit more
0: that wasn't great but, but I loved the in the theater like when I left I was very happy but yeah let's get to it let's do it all right I, I think we can both agree that this was just a fantastic series the season finale did not disappoint so let, let's get right into it the overall thoughts what are your overall thoughts on the finale to start? gosh, it was so good. It was everything. I wasn't
1: in that. Well, I thought I wasn't. I, w- I didn't think I was invested in whether it be Kang or as Callie Rose, my, my, uh, my crush informed me of just a few seconds ago. She said, people should have took bets considering how wrong you were. It's like, Oh, oh ouch. I didn't know you were reading it that closely, but I uh, guess Miss Callie, I was incorrect. because It didn't seem like Marvel was going for that kind of thing. Um, You know, I could make an argument. Technically, he's not King. I could make that argument, but I won't. But but I loved it. I thought uh, Jonathan Majors was great. I thought the twists were great. Got a nice cliffhanger. Uh, The only thing I thought was a little weak was, I wish we had a little bit more of Mobius. I felt like that was kind of thrown together. But the rest of it, just fantastic. I would give it an A.
0: I loved it. But I think most importantly, this was needed for Marvel, which... I don't know if there's been a point in their unbelievable run since Iron Man where their fandom kind of, and it felt like their creators had got kind of complacent to where they were making good stuff. I'm not saying that any of the shows that came out have been bad, but they just, they didn't get that excitement that I felt like when I watched this episode and when it ended, just thinking about like, this is opening up a whole new world to where you know, when, when we first found out that, you know, there's other, you know, planets, other, you know, realms, all these things, that felt so big. And now we're dealing with all these, you know, multiple dimensions, they can literally go anywhere. Uh, you can have multiple superheroes, multiple villains. I mean, I, you can almost guarantee, right, that some variants of superheroes are gonna die and come into connect with each other in this next phase, I would think with this and from what I've read, with Kang, what's so exciting is he's going to make Thanos seem like he was not that big of a bad. And Jonathan Majors, as you mentioned, was just, that was a really powerful performance. And that was one that could go horribly wrong because it was, you know, just introduced at the very end. He was the big bad. That's always sometimes a dangerous move to not have any kind of, we didn't have any information on him. And he was just, he was just so calm and just, didn't have a war in the world. I mean, you just look at he had literally an AI cartoon defending him. And that was <laughs> it. That was his protection. He was just toying with both of them in the beginning. And then even after it came to a point where you know he truly could die, it felt very Obi-Wan Kenobi-ish, right? You know, strike me down and I will become much more powerful than, than, than you can even know. And I I just I loved everything about this finale. I also wanna talk about the season a little bit and just the overall thoughts. I'm so glad that Marvel did a true character development show where there really feels like that multiple characters had a true arc and it was not just a lot of CGI, which at at times that's a little bit what WandaVision felt like after they kind of got out of the decades thing. Um, And granted there was some CGI in the ending, but I really felt this was more about introducing a big bad really taking Loki and Sylvie on a journey as well as Mobius and you know, just letting characters develop, which you have some time in movies, but nothing like you do in television. And I felt they did a little bit of this with Wanda and obviously a little bit of this with, this. I call him the new cap. But I, I just feel like this was the first time that they really nailed that.
1: I think honestly too, and as I've, I've watched this show, this is the closest thing to an actual comic book. Um, that they've done with the TV shows, as much as we want to get hoity-toity, and it sounds cool, that WandaVision is going to explore grief. It's going to be a meditation on grief, and Captain America the Winter Soldier is going to be about race in America. It's a fucking comic book. It's a fucking superhero movie, and no one loves this shit more than me, but let's, let's, let's be comic books. You don't have to always try to do that. And this works because you can only go halfway with Marvel anyway when you're trying to explore race or grief, can't go all the way. You can go all the way with time travel and you can find some deeper meanings from that and what this means for moral implications and all that. But this is what Marvel's really supposed to be. And so that's why it works so well, I believe.
0: Where can you learn more than a different version or a variant of yourself? And I'm yeah. so excited about that. Just seeing, you know, the Spider-Man, uh, you know, cartoon that they made a few years ago, Into the Multiverse, is probably one of my favorite standalone Marvel yeah. movies made. And that you got a little glimpse of, and I loved it. And I'm assuming that this next phase is going to be like that on steroids with with what's just happened. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So do you think it's fair to say this is where Phase 4 took off, that the first two shows are really more about closing up the Thanos, the snap loop? Because if you really think about it, they, they really kind of ended some, some story strings, almost gave an epilogue in some ways with both of those shows, kind of setting you know the board, resetting it. And this was the show where they're like, okay, here's where we're going. Yeah, I think so too. I
1: think this was, it was so funny that it was supposed to be um, WandaVision that that was a criticism before it ended by the way people didn't really check but that was a speculation and criticism that WandaVision was just and I watched I listened to this podcast called The Watch from The Ringer and they're always talking about how the Marvel properties are just setting one up and the group is like that too on Facebook but WandaVision actually didn't set up that much for Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. And this really sets the tone for the whole thing. Uh, I thought moving chess pieces, the first episode, I mean, you're going to get in a solo movie or solo show for Marvel. You're going to see that character. So the first two shows, you know, say, hey, we got a new Captain America. Wanda's in this state. She's been fully realized. We're going to pull those characters down the road a little bit. But it, but with this one, it's setting up everything. It, hopefully, I hope they don't back off of it. I mean, we should see Kang the Conqueror in multiple movies, in multiple forms, and it just makes him badass for what he can do and what they can do. I'm kind of worried that he's an Ant-Man. That seems a little weird. If that's the first
0: appearance. But anyway, we'll see. I'm hoping that's just going to be another variant that, you know, that was asked in the group today in the IB entertainment group. And after I thought about it more, it would make sense that we keep kind of seeing these different versions of them until we see the ultimate version of Kang or I forgot the, what they call them in the comics, but let's go over some of our most memorable scenes, not only from the finale, but the season. I think the most memorable scene from the finale, I know it's kind of a cheat, but the entire Kang, the one who remains, whatever you want to call him. Conversation with Sylvia and Loki. If you, you're going to make me break it down any further than that, I'm going to say it's this explaining of the multi dimension, you know, war, and basically how if they kill him, that's just going to restart everything. Uh, in a lot of ways, I actually got a lot of callbacks to Harry Potter in some ways in this, and I remember the, you know the story of the three brothers. That's what it kind of felt like when he was you know get, you know telling the tale of kind of how. They eventually gained peace or he made peace uh, from this multi-dimension war. But that was my favorite scene from the finale. What was yours? Yeah, it's hard to go against Kane. (laughs) Hard to go (laughs) against Kane, Immortus, whatever you want to call him.
1: I thought that was just brilliant. And and two, it's really hard to live up to those Wizard of Oz moments. Hell, the Wizard of Oz might not live up to the Wizard of Oz moment that it has, even though there's a greater meaning to the fact that the man behind the curtain isn't shit. But it lived up to it. You had this big reveal that they were promising and it lived up to it. So that was big. I think, uh, I guess if I had another moment, it would be just the fight scene and to see between Sylvie and Loki, the growth that Loki had that he actually wasn't gonna portray her and he wasn't doing it just to rule. That really wasn't his goal for the first time ever the character, well, I think there are some comic books where it happens, but for the most part, definitely in, um, in in the Marvel universe, cinematic universe, Loki had character growth, and I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Do you but think it's, that it's him character and character. Thor, when they meet again, if we get this version of Loki to meet, you know, the Thor that we have, that they're almost going to meet as equals because now they've both been through so much pain. They both have grown through it and and kind of came to this understanding where I think they would understand each other because I I think they both admitted they love each other. They just, you know, don't always trust each other and know that they're going to do the right thing to one another.
1: I think my prediction would be like that this Loki meets a different version of Thor because part of it too is like, and they did get a little bit, they did get along actually and they did kind of come to some resolution in uh, Thor Ragnarok. But I think, like, uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy, but there, there's, some that, there's some couples, in, okay, so in a drama series, there's some couples that when they're together, it's not as, as good as when they're having conflict with, with one another. And so in that analogy, I think Thor and Loki always need that conflict to make it work. And, he, and Thor Ragnarok gave you a little bit of both but it's funny that Thor about the growth that I talked about earlier Thor Ragnarok made fun of the fact that Loki never grows and he's so predictable and so I thought that was really cool that this one is showing growth but I think that I think we're going to get something really different with Thor eventually when he sees Loki and he's not slated to be Loki's slated according to the Hollywood Reporter Loki's slated to be in uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness but from what I've read i loki is not slated to be in Thor: love and thunder so it should be interesting
0: and i mean i guess maybe he'll be with the tva then you know is is that a possibility where he takes you know him and mobius try to sort of rein that back in because they know what could be coming and you know obviously i think we'll get into it a little bit later but that could be what's leading to you know season two
1: maybe my mind there's so many possibilities i have no idea (laughs)
0: <laughs> so so nice. let's go for a, your most memorable scene, not from the finale. For me, I just love the Loki time loop with Sif, and his conversation that followed with Mobius because Loki made such a transformation in this, you know, series. It's it's really amazing to just show the performance by Tom Hiddleston, the writing, everything that this guy literally tried to take over the world you know, like five minutes before the series started. Now, granted, we had the cheat of, we knew that eventually he would turn good and he would eventually die to Thanos trying to save Asgard and, you know, his brother. But with the Loki that was here, it was just such a transformation. And I felt like that time loop was the moment with the combination of obviously his feelings for Sylvie that really drove that home and that was a scene in my opinion that if it wasn't done so well, it could have been a weak moment from this season. But instead I felt like it was really a strong and it explained so much just about, you know, who Loki is, what drives him. And the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, he just wants to be loved. This is a kid that, you know, remember was stolen from his family. I mean, let's, let's be honest. He was taken by Odin, you know, raised under a lie. And so of course he's going to have some trust issues and he's going to have, you know, kind of this defense mechanism that at times can go really bad, but it was really cool to see in that moment, just him break down and admit his true self. And I think that you saw the character really change from that moment on. Do you have another memorable scene from the series that that you really? The moment
1: I realized, okay, we're just geeking out is when the after credit scene, I can't remember. I guess it's two episodes ago. The after credit scene was then last episode, they, they got into it just the, the council of Lokis and all the Lokis, man, that, that whole thing. And I think that my favorite part was when all the Lokis just turned on each other, when <laughs> boastful Loki portrayed them. And then the president Loki, which I've just finished reading the graphic novel of that last week, inspired by the show, president Loki, and just to see them all turn on each other. And it was just classic Loki, you know, not literally classic Loki but uh it, it, it was great in that episode it just this show really went for it and that scene could have been disaster it could have been goofy and they all started fighting but it all just worked because this show decided just to go for it and tie into all the you know the the wackiness that comics
0: can bring and the irony right of Are Loki being the one that's basically like idiots? You know what I mean. When you know a a month earlier, Loki would have been in, you know, doing the exact same thing because that's what Loki's do. We we touched on a little bit, but I I do want to have a little deeper discussion just on how brilliant Jonathan Majors was, you know, during this episode. The guy we know is Kang, so we knew that he was going to be playing Kang, and I just thought it was a perfect introduction. That technically was not a real introduction. And it just gave us a very terrifying glimpse of what is to come for our favorite heroes, because I think he said that you're like a flea on a dragon's back. And the more I've read about who Kang is and how powerful he is, at the end of the day, I think Thanos could end up being, you know, th- that analogy could go to Thanos and Kang, that we are really going into a whole nother level where this guy is just so much smarter than everybody else, because he truly understands time dimensions. I I mean, Jonathan majors hit a home run in a role that I feel like was really difficult to do. And he's just been on a role as an actor in the last year overall with Lovecraft as well.
1: Yeah, he was great. I don't think I've ever seen anything with him. I didn't watch Lovecraft Country. I don't think I've ever seen anything with him in it or that I remember. That's my first experience with him. And he was sensational. It's, uh, Marvel has always struggled with the bad guys. Uh, You have Loki who kind of turned so popular that he's not a bad guy. And you had Thanos, which was good. You had Killmonger for one movie. But, so they struggle with that, but it's very, it's great. And i told you right before, and I was thinking when I watched it, but right before we started coming on the air, that it reminds me of Nicolas Cage. Prime Nicolas Cage was like that. That cra- he was talking in a normal way, very over the top. But at any moment, you just felt like some kind of violence could happen. And this control that this character, uh, this Pang or Immortus or whatever you want to have. And um, it, it was just, a, and it really was a combination of characters that, and Marvel does that a lot. They did it with Sylvie and Enchantress and Lady Loki, and I like that. They, they kind of sample kind of like what Puff Daddy or P Diddy used to do <laughs> back in the day. just
0: used to sample the best of a particular era and take it and use it, but, yeah, he was great. I love that analogy. You know, for the guy that is, is Mr. Wrestling and Team Turnbuckle, I can't help but think of a little bit of the, the madness macho man Randy Savage also with that performance because, again – it was kind of that soothing yeah, kinda, tone, yeah. and then the, the craziness would just come out, and you could see it in the eyes too, and just the tone that there was so much more there. Did it surprise you at all that Sylvie turned on Loki, or did it build towards that with them just hammering home episode after episode that at the end of the day, a Loki is going to look out for its own self-interest?
1: Well, I, I didn't see it. I didn't see it as bad because I thought morally and i and i have a I have some podcast guys and they get one guys like a former christian so he gets really worked up about ball move shout out to ball move i'll give ball move credit they're great they're one of the reasons i even do this podcast is seeing that they could start their own kind of podcast network with entertainment so shout out to ball move you can watch them you can listen to them. i don't care i give my shout out but they get kind of worked up because you know he has some bad religious experiences but there is something morally He's taking away free will he's not only is he taking away free will he also gave the really complicated analogy of the dictator saying you know if you and and the mob movies do this too if you take away the stabilizing effect even though it might be evil the vacuum that comes after might be worse so i saw her as just disagreeing and she sent him to a safe place I saw her, him as, her disagreeing with him philosophically as opposed to turning on him because she really won't turn. She just would have killed
0: him, you know? Did you notice in the kiss that it was totally one-sided? I, I rewatched the episode about an hour ago. All the passion was from Loki. If you look, Sylvie doesn't even put her arms around Loki and not saying that she doesn't care about him, but I think in this situation, Loki is definitely the one who is in love With the other person and sylvie just you know in like with loki so it's not that surprising that she did this um i do wonder though that i didn't notice that
1: but i mean i would have to i mean i watched it twice but i didn't notice that but i would definitely agree with you that he's more into her than she's into him or each other or themselves or whatever (laughs) you want to call it but and and even the way he was like i got to get back to her and her her goal but the thing too is Her mission is paramount, whereas he's like, oh, there are other things in life. But her mission is a better mission than what his life mission was. It was. That is something maybe you want to put over love. Someone manipulating
0: all of time as opposed to someone wanting to manipulate. Well, and she hasn't seen, uh, you know, the bigger world. She hasn't seen the ending of her story. Loki's seen all that. So it also makes so much more sense for Loki to kind of have this more, I care more about the individual's and maybe thinking about what this guy is saying, maybe he is telling the truth that, you know, there is a bigger bad that could come by, you know, taking him out. I just though was so impressed with Hiddleston's acting after she you know betrays him, whatever you want to call him, sends him to the door, back to the TVA. Mobius doesn't even recognize him. He is so terrified of what they may have just unleashed. And I believe there was a line in it that talks about it takes a God to understand a god and I mean that's that's kind of what we got right there is Loki and he's been setting this up you know throughout asking if this is the true you know powerful being or deity in this world and I think he's a little worried or I shouldn't even say a little he is very worried that they have unleashed this villain uh, you know to the world by making their sort of short-sighted decision. The next part that I want to talk about is the MVP of the season. The I, I don't know if there's ever been a more difficult selection for an MVP um, in any of these shows because you could easily go with Mobius. You can easily go with... Uh, you know, Miss Minutes, if you want to. She was fantastic in it. Alligator Loki (laughs) was definitely the most lovable character that I just, when I first heard there was going to be an Alligator Loki, I thought, okay, that's kind of ridiculous. And then I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. They continue to hit home runs with these animals or creatures. Um, But I just, maybe it's recency bias, but I, I think at the end of the day, it was the guy with maybe arguably the least screen time and it was Kane, you know, the one who survived. He was just, such an impact and it just felt like similar to when at the end of uh, I think it was the Avengers movie right where Thanos finally goes and gets the gauntlets. like fine I'll do it myself yeah, and yeah. there was just that moment it was like oh shit the big bad is finally here for me it felt like this and even though you know Loki uh, you know Sylvie Mobius all of them were definitely you know I have no problem anybody taking any of those picks but it just felt like that Kang was really the most important in the series at the end of the day, and therefore, that's why I'd say he's MVP. Who would you have?
1: Uh, My MVP would be Owen Wilson, Mobius. I mean, Tom Hiddleston, you obviously got to look at him as the foundational piece, but they were able to build on him. And I think without Owen Wilson and Mobius, the first two, three episodes it wouldn't have worked you wouldn't have liked the show. That dynamic between them was the undercurrent of the series. And episodes, I'm trying to think of which episode it was. I think the third episode, they end up going to that planet and kind of doing their little fall in love thing. But the first two episodes, he carried those. Everything that was happening was based on him moving and pushing Loki and his relationship and him taking a chance on Loki, him breaking down Loki emotionally. So I think that without him, he's the linchpin that held the whole series together until, you know, you got to Sylvie, until you got to see him. I mean, in the last two episodes, he wasn't as big of a factor, but he still was there. But he set the table and still had a role later on. But I definitely think, and that dynamic, that chemistry they had, that's the only thing that kept me watching the first two episodes of the show, really.
0: Yeah, the dialogue between Loki and Mobius was just unbelievable. I just want to real quickly go over one small quote kind of battle that they have because it felt like a chess match every single time they would you know conversate with each other and it was when mobius was taking loki some he goes and loki says are you taking me somewhere to kill me mobius says no that's where you just were i'm taking you someplace to talk loki goes i don't like to talk mobius goes but you do like to lie which you just did because we both know you love to the talk talkie talkie talky. i great. mean it's just It was incredible dialogue Owen Wilson is one of those guys too that you know to your point he's just so underrated he he gives a present this enigma whatever you want to call it when he's on screen and and just I'm so happy that he's in the Marvel universe and I really hope we get to see Mobius again obviously I think we will in season two but I hope he maybe shows up in some of the other movies um what are your expectations for season two because I, I I know that they're they had I think already confirmed that there was going to be a second season, but it still didn't make me any less excited when it shows, you know, Loki will return for season two, uh, you know, hearkening back to the back to the future days. The first time I saw it. And it, you know, it said there will be a back to the future too. Um, what are you expecting for season two of this show?
1: Gosh, I mean, we didn't say it, but I'm expecting kind of starting over because I believe what happened with Loki is he was sent to another timeline instead of the same timeline and that timeline the TVA has Kang just not hiding it because that's why he's that's why he's the statue because he's saying he's just he runs the TVA no secrets whatever or maybe it's a secret they're still variant but he just flat out runs the TVA and so you got to start over and convince everybody in TVA and especially Mobius that what's happening is real so it's kind of like a reverse where Loki is the, the kind of the, the the good cop, sort of. And, and Mobius is kind of not knowing. He's got to convince him to do what he wants him to do. So and that's how I think it's going to go. I don't know what's going on with, uh, what's her name? The the judge, Judge is Ren Renvy. Is it Ren
0: sure
1: Yeah. With her, uh, I, I wasn't sure about that scene, but it went back, I guess the... Uh, the minute woman, the minute man is trying to show the other minute men that, you know, this is where she started at and she's a variant, but, and I don't know where she went after she um, got rid of Mobius. So that part is interesting. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure Loki's journey. I think the way the show was leaning, uh, Lady Loki, I want to call her Lady Loki, damn it. Uh, Lady Loki, she's going to regret her decision because, she, because of the chaos, even though I don't know if morally that was the wrong decision that she made. It's more chaotic, but
0: yeah, do you is think she kind of looked like she realized it right after it happened? because I, I just think that she's too smart and she's had think about how long it took just to get to this guy, just to find out who was behind all this. And then you know, he basically taunted her that you kill me, I'm only, you're only gonna make me stronger and then she kills him so easily, I felt like she almost knew immediately like, uh uh-oh, I may have made a mistake here.
1: I didn't catch that, just because you're doing a good job of seeing it. I had to watch it maybe a third time for it, but I was kind of doing it while I was working too. Um, She's so one, she's not a one-dimensional character,
0: but she's a single-minded character. And it's just like, this is what I do. She's like Daenerys Targaryen, right? Like basically, since she's a child, she's been told, you know, from what she has seen that it is, you know, she's got to fix the wrong in her life, sort of just like Danny was. And so, I mean, you totally understand why she did everything. And uh, she was, to me, also just such a a fascinating character. And I can't wait for that moment when her and Loki, you know, meet again. But I'm assuming that we're going to get Mobius loki the judge miss minutes her all in season two and it's just kind of how much will we see them in other movies or other features in that time before then because again we've got a lot of movies that are going to be talking about multiverse i mean we're heading right into spider-man which we know is multiverse obviously doctor strange is multiverse and i i'm just extremely excited for phase four as a whole um last question before we get out of here what are like out of the movies coming up because we got several i mean marvel just continues to give you so much and we can include the tv shows is there any that you're just extremely excited about because i know we're excited for all of them
1: uh with these ones i've kind of taken it as they come because they're not like the first most of these aren't the first of anything so I mean spider-man i love spider-man i'm always geared up for spider-man um yes i guess i guess it would be spider-man i guess um i'm psyched for what if i that's, Um, that's that's me too this is a sleeper show that is almost on nobody's radar unless you're kind of a hardcore comic book fan or something it's hawkeye you got spoiler alert um, if you haven't seen Black Widow, but I'll, I'll be light on it. Um, there's a, a post credit scene, post credit too, you just wait to the very end. There's a post credit scene that has a relation to Hawkeye. So they're setting that up, but Hawkeye is one of the best. Uh, I think it's, uh, God, is it Matt Fraction? I can't remember who did it, which is a, dis, a discredit to him. But I could share it in the link if anybody, I, I can give anybody a link to it though, once I look at it. But it's one of the best comic book runs I ever have seen. And it's Hawkeye. And I didn't want to be Hawkeye. Never had any use for them. But if they pattern the show after uh, that comic book, it will be gold. If they do anything else, because every Hawkeye story ever done has been trash. But if they do it, if they, follow the, if they follow the pattern and the theme and the emotions of the comic book it will be fantastic. So that's
0: my sleeper pick for the show. Yeah, I lost really all my stock in Hawkeye when, you know, he really was responsible for Wanda's brother, uh, Dimitrov, to get killed. I mean, how are you going to just stop running and cover? I mean, it's just like, dude, you're out there. You always talk about your fighting with a bow and arrow. You understand if you just sit there while all these, you know, guns are coming at you, yeah, of course you're going to die Uh, I ended up killing somebody, but you mentioned what if that's what I I just, again, for somebody who has not read as many of the comics and just seeing the trailers and the stories and understanding what, you know, this means that, you know, what if T'Challa ends up being star Lord? I mean, I I believe one of them that they teased was what if, you know, Iron Man is the one that uh, goes to the world that they're fighting in and Ragnarok. I, I mean, there's just so many stories. I think you're going to get 10 of them. The fact that they have all the, the actors coming to do the voiceover. I'm pretty sure it's the last we're going to hear of Chadwick Boseman uh, in the Marvel Universe uh, as as Black Panther, uh, when, or excuse me, not Black Panther, actually Star-Lord, uh, when T'Challa ends up being him. But I just I can't wait for that Um, and just to see what they can do because they haven't done a lot of cartoon other than the Spider-Man movie that we talked about earlier which was one of my favorites so I'm very excited to also see how it looks not just what it is they had permission but that was a Sony film so that was oh that's right Marvel um so anything you want to plug before we get out of here I know it's all your empire but what part would you like to plug What'd you say? I said, I, it's all your empire, but what what part know, would you like to much. I will
1: not even do it this show. I'm ready to <laughs> see the final, watch NBA Finals.
0: <laughs> well, I'll real, real quickly plug the IB Podcast Network. Um, it is available on uh, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes. Uh, you Got a Minute Fam podcast with RC and Alan is just, it's it's incredible. I, I If you're a member of the group and you're not listening to it, uh you're really missing out and lot of material today oh Not my god <laughs> like people need to realize that you know there's there's a lot more uh life out of bad posts bad takes etc right now because there's a podcast literally where they cover it and we know alan and rc are as good as anybody at uh sort of uh roasting you if you will uh when you have a bad take but um uh, RC, I really enjoyed this. I, I'm just so excited that Marvel feels like it's back. Like, it, it feels That's like with, between, I'm with you, that between Black Widow and this, we had a movie. Now we had a really great ending to a, a TV show, just a great series in general. It feels like Marvel's starting to ramp back up, and, you know, again, I'm not the comic book guy that you and other people in the group are, but you've told me that the, the I mean, where they could go now is literally endless. endless. They can go wherever they want. And that's, you know, it's a comic fan. It's just a Marvel fan. That's exciting. So uh, for Keith Fleming and R.C. Carlton, this has been a Loki season finale review on the Ivy Sports Podcast Network.